Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through Brother Tim this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, November 21st, 2021, and released on Sunday, December 5th, 2021. This week's message is titled, A Worthy Walk, and the scripture reference is Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. My prayer is that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sermon. The title of the sermon today is A Worthy Walk. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 is our verse for today. And it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which with you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. A little bit of a illustration here. One morning in 1888, a man named Alfred, who was the inventor of dynamite, he had spent his life amassing a fortune from the manufacture and sale of weapons. He awoke to read his own obituary. The obituary was printed as a result of a simple journalistic error. Alfred's brother had died, and a French reporter carelessly reported the death of the wrong brother. Any man would be disturbed under the circumstances, but to Alfred, the shock was huge, because he was discovering what everybody thought of him as an individual, as a person, while he was still alive. He was called the dynamite king, the weapon maker, the great industrialist who had made an immense fortune from explosives. This, as far as the general public was concerned, was the entire purpose of his life. None of his true intentions to break down the barriers that separated men and ideas were recognized or given serious consideration. He was quite simply, in the eyes of the public, a merchant of death. And for that alone, he would be remembered. As he read his obituary with shocking horror, he resolved to make clear to the world the true meaning and purpose of his life. This could be done through the final disposition of his fortune. His last will and testament would be the expression of his life's ideals, and the result was the most valued of prizing given to this day to those who have done the most to call for the cause of world peace. His name was Alfred Nobel, the founder of the Nobel Peace Prize. This caught my eye because I at times wonder how my obituary is going to read. And I'm asking you to look at yourself and think about the same thing. And think about that first passage. I, as a prisoner of the Lord, when I urge you to live a life of walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received. I was called to be a pastor. Some are called to be teachers. Some are called to be prayer warriors. That's your calling. So Paul, when he says urge, he means I personally but urgently encourage you to live a life or walk. It means to take a personal responsibility to begin walking with God. Conducting yourself in a manner that reflects well and honors Him. This is done through surrender. So let me cut to the chase. What you say, how you act, what you do, what you even think reflects on you as a follower of God and reflects on God. So out there in the public, be careful what you say and do because people are watching. Are you a follower of Jesus? Every believer owes God more than they could ever repay. How we live determines what people think about the God we say we serve. 
God took his one and only son and provided several things for you and me. He provided a substitute to die in our place. Jesus took the punishment that we deserved for rejecting, rebelling, and even cursing God. He provides deliverance from death through the shed blood of Jesus. Through Jesus Christ, we can be reconciled to God because sin separated us from God and Jesus and was the only way to break, and Jesus was the only way to break down the wall that sin built. He provided absolute assurance of the eternal life with God in heaven. So if Jesus reigns in me and you, we have God's promise that we will walk through the gates of heaven when we die. List of places that believers should walk in a worthy manner. How about work? Home? Of course at church. How about Walmart? You know, driving down a road on a highway? You know, we're called to be Christian, and believe it or not, if you see that little Jeep running around here, you know it's me, right? All over town. So if I'm cutting people off and flying birds, yeah, is that godly? Exactly. We have to show exactly what we are. To walk worthy doesn't mean to be perfect, though. God knows we're not going to be perfect. But he does expect us to strive to live under the influence of his spirit and in concert with the word. So, some words that define lowliness. You know, we have humbleness, meekness, submissiveness, commonness, modesty. So what does a worthy walk look like? Paul offers four qualities that every follower in Christ must possess if they're to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. They must be humble, meek, patient, and loving. The idea of being humble refers to the proper view of yourself in respect to God. You have to know that he is big and we are small. This is a huge truth. and We have to get it in our lives. He is big. I am small. This is the only protection we have against pride is that proper view of God. He is big. We are small. It's the only protection we have against this pride. When Paul says be humble, he doesn't mean that you see yourself as pitiful and useless, but that you see yourself as God sees you, valuable to him, but no more valuable than anybody else in this room. Also, not worth any less either. We're all equal in God's name, just like every sin is the same. We're all the same people. We're his church. Now, God wants you to be proud of who you are in the light of who he is and what he has done for you, but not prideful. You have to be proud yet humble, and this is a cherished quality. But to be prideful and self-sufficient is sinful. You have to rely on God. See, man has always had a problem with this quality, and yet it is the most essential trait of the Christian life. It puts Christ in his rightful place in our lives, on the throne. If God is anywhere but on a throne, then we can forget living a life and walking a walk that honors God. We're also called to be gentle or meek. In biblical terms, the word means to be tender but considered to be considered, but strongly so. Meekness is strength in control. Be gentle, executing power with touch and control is an attitude of free of malice and desire for revenge. Someone has said, if you think meekness is weakness, try it for a week. You'll realize it takes a lot of strength to be meek. Meekness and gentleness is considered to be a virtue that is balanced between too much and too little anger. The meek man is, is neither timid nor given to fits of rage. 
The most common use of meekness describes a wild horse that is yet to be tamed. The broken horse was powerful, but his power was under control of the bridle. The common thread in these images is that meekness represents different forms of power that can be used for good. Meekness is power harnessed for good. Now, here's the one we all have a problem with, patient. Patient or long-suffering or long-fused. The idea is that a person can endure great discomfort without retaliation. Unfortunately for most of us, we think of patience like the little boy prayed. Oh, Lord, give me patience, but be quick about it. Patience is a divine quality of withholding justice due to ourselves and to others. This is important because if we don't get it, we will be like the Pharisees. About 100 years ago, before TV and movies, people went to great halls such as this, and they listened to great orators. There was one in the 19th century who was named Robert Ingersoll. He was an atheist and a humanist. He traveled around talking about the human being humanist. The humanist religion, I guess, is the way they put it. One of his favorite speeches was, Why I am an atheist. One evening, he spoke to a packed house in Boston, Massachusetts, and did an unusual thing. Halfway through his speech, he says, I'm going to demonstrate once and for all that there is no God. He looked up at the ceiling and said, If there is a God, I invite you to strike me dead in the next five minutes. Come on, if there is a God, prove it. Now, you got to remember, at the time, this was huge. Women screamed, people gasped, they ran out of the place thinking lightning was going to strike and take the building down. I mean, you didn't do that. But he continued speaking, and every 30 seconds he'd stop and count down. God, you have three and a half minutes left. Where you at? He continued doing this until he counted down. Five minutes was gone. And then he said, see, I told you there is no God. I rest my case. Well, word got out to Dr. A.J. Gordon, a pastor of the largest church in Boston, about what, about what Ingersoll had done. So Dr. Gordon offered a great response. He said, does Robert Ingersoll believe that he can exhaust God's long-suffering in only five minutes? He can't exhaust God's patience in five minutes, five years, five decades, five centuries, or five millennia. He's the useless one. God is long-suffering. That's why we we should be patient with one another. We all ought to carry around a button on us that reads, please be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. Then, of course, there's the greatest thing. And Jesus even said this. The greatest of these is love. Okay? There's different kinds of love. So Paul commissions us to bear with one another in love just as Jesus has patiently expressed his love to us. It is a humble state of mind, but it does not mean that a person is to be weak, cowardly, or grovel. Just like long-suffering, it takes practice. So a believer is to walk bearing one another in love. The word bearing is the idea of taking into account or allowing for something. You might even say to put up with something or someone. We need to look at every angle before we make a decision on a situation. Now Paul tells us that we are to bear one another. We are to bear one another in love. So love is defined in many different ways, but we will look at just two tonight or today. Phileo love is to be a friend, to be fond of, have affection for, to have a personal attachment as a matter of sentiment or feeling. This kind of love says, I love you if, if you do what makes me happy, then I will love you. 
There's too many marriages and relationships that are based on this phileo kind of love. Most of the time when there is trouble in a relationship, we find couples operating on a phileo love. Well, she said this or he did that, and I can't love them anymore. It happens all the time. It's love that is based strictly on how you feel at the moment. When we see fellow believers struggling in their faith and we, op- and we operate in that phileo love, you're going to condemn rather than commend. Then there's the all-important agape love. That's that selfless love. It's the kind of love that God has for you and me. Unconditional. It's prepared to offer grace. This is a love that is willing to take the abuse of others while continuing to love them in a process of their grief. It even involves loving the people who would hurt you. This is a very love that Jesus modeled. During his passion, he loved the disciples who denied him, the Judas who betrayed him, the priest who accused him, the crowds who rejected him, the believers who beat him and mocked him, the thieves who hung with him, and the soldiers who played games at his feet. He loved everyone who would refuse to believe and everyone who would surrender all. Jesus modeled agape love and then calls all who believe to share his love with everyone. These are the qualities we must possess if we're to live the life and walk in a manner that is worthy of God's calling. We must be completely humble, meek, gentle, patient, and loving. This is not possible in our abilities, but only through surrendering to the Spirit that He has deposited in us. It's a love that says, no matter what, I will still love you. It's the kind of love that nailed Jesus to the cross, even though He didn't deserve the cross. Agape love is a serving love. This is the person who demonstrates Christ. Christ, remember that Jesus knelt down and washed his disciples' nasty, dung-covered feet. Not because he had to, but because he loved them and he wanted to. Agape love is not offensive, but caring. Agape love does not bite and devour others. It is critical reality that we have to be true to ourselves as Christians. It is essential that we are true to our identity and calling. Paul says that real Christians walk in a manner worthy of their beliefs. We can try to do this ourselves and work on them one at a time. It's not going to work, by the way. The way to walk worthy is to allow the fruit of the Spirit to be cultivated in you by God. It's impossible to walk humbly, meekly, with a patience or an agape love without being filled with the fruit of the Spirit. So I ask you today, have you thought about what I asked at the beginning of this? What would your obituary read? Are we the loving people that Christ wants us to be? Are we stepping out and showing others what they need to be shown every day? Do they see Jesus in you when you're walking down the streets, walking through McDonald's, Walmart? Is he out there? Do you see Jesus out there? Because if you're not seeing when you're a Christian, how do we expect them, the non-believers, to see it? Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior and would like to talk with someone, we would love to talk with you. We are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area at 4103 West Texas Street. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study that meets at 6 p.m. We encourage you to get connected to a local church in your community and get involved in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ.
To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm, as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, you can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. Thank you and God bless.